Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I am Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast. Uh, and we have, uh, before we get into the scripture, I, our lesson from Exodus kind of begins without much context. Uh, you may remember if you've read this or if you've not read it, uh, then you might not know, but while the Hebrew people were in the desert, Moses is leading them through the desert this after they've left Egypt. Soon after they got into the desert, Moses went up to the mountain to talk to God and to get the law. Uh, and while Moses was up there being occupied, all the people hanging out at the bottom of the mountain got a little uh, kind of discontent with not knowing what was going on. So they, uh, they got all of their gold together and piled it up, and Aaron, Moses' brother, uh, took it. And uh, as, as uh, he says later, it doesn't show up in this one. Uh, but as Aaron said, they gave me all this gold, and then poof, it turned into a, a golden calf that they started to worship as though he didn't make that happen himself. Uh, so this is now God talking to Moses up on the mountain. God has seen what the people have done uh, and talks to Moses. So I invite Sandy to come forward and uh, read scripture for us. The Old Testament lesson from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, go down at once. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshiped it and sacrificed to it and said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the, the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them. And of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O oh Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out, out, out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised, I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. With our gospel lesson out of the Gospel of Luke, we have been reading uh, out of Luke for a number of months, and we'll continue to do so. And uh, as I mentioned, kind of, I think it was the beginning of June, uh, that about halfway through Luke, the gospel, Jesus makes his decision to go to Jerusalem. He knows that he's heading to his crucifixion, to being persecuted, uh, to all of that, and make, is making his way to Jerusalem. So all of these texts that we read uh, have that kind of hanging over them a little bit, that thought that Jesus is on his final mission. He knows he's on his final mission and he's giving his last uh, words uh, and everything to the people around him. So hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words from Luke's gospel. 
Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. And just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. It's just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Here ends the lesson. And thanks be to God. This is one of those kind of texts that I think uh, I, in some ways uh, maybe we ought not talk a whole lot about it. It's perhaps not worth a long uh, or lengthy explanation or, or trying to unpack it too much. It just it sits very nicely uh, as a self-contained little unit and it says so much. It's so rich uh, that I would say maybe let's just kind of let it sit on our souls and on our hearts like a, a gravy on a good meal. It's an added gravy to just sit there and not think about a whole lot. I have a few things to say about it. But just kind of let it, let it be, this idea of going after the lost, the seeking, the rejoicing over finding, and Jesus eating with sinners. Now the biblical text. All, all of the Bible is, is the story of God's interaction with humanity and people trying to make sense of God's actions in the world and, and, and even of people's reactions to God. And so the biblical text is most often about this is what God is like. This is what God is like. God is like this. This is the kind of God that God is. It is also sometimes about us, and there's very, uh, a lot of uh, moral proclamations and ethical proclamations that say how we ought to live, and certainly how we ought to be, uh, live as followers of, of Jesus. But especially when Jesus is talking, he is so often talking not so much about what we need to do or must do. He's talking about this is what God is like. This is who God is. And God, God is one who seeks us out. God is one who looks for us, who wants to be in relationship with us, who wants to find us. God seeks us out, and God has already sought us out. God has already sought us out. We'll sing later in Amazing Grace, I was lost, but now I'm found. And not maybe so much about us 
finding ourselves or us needing to come to the realization of how lost we are or us needing to do uh, something majestic or great or holy or whatever so that God will finally come to us. But this realization maybe that we've been found all along and we just didn't know it. And lost in that sense of thinking that we're lost, even though God knew exactly where we are and knows who we are. You know, this passage starts with Jesus eating with sinners. And some of the religious folk get upset with him because, you know, you're not supposed to eat with sinners. I thought, well, if you're not supposed to eat with sinners, then you're eating alone all of the time. And even then, you're still eating with a sinner. So you can't win. But Jesus is eating with, with sinners. He found them, so to speak. He sought them out. He sought these people out and ate with them. And not to berate them or to insult them or to attack them, but simply to eat with them, to be with them, to be present. And there is in this, then, I think, a, a compulsion for us to do the same to also go and eat with sinners. Or to be, if we're going to be really and truly honest with ourselves, to realize that we are those people. Jesus eats with us. Those sinners aren't just the people that we point to or that we kick to the curb. They're us. Jesus eats with us. We too are also sinners. We're no better than whoever we want to demonize. And it seems like every kind of generation or two we have a new group of people that, uh, that get labeled as the more extreme sinners than anyone else. And that kind of changes through time, although there are some constants, maybe the immigrants or gay and lesbian people uh, or people with piercings and tattoos, those who use uh, profane or foul language, the kind of language that we don't like. Drinkers, gamblers, addicts, sex workers, homeless, thieves, whatever that group is, whatever group we feel the need to pick on and say, well, at least we're not them. At least we're not like them. Well, they're no different than us, really. And Jesus ate with them. And Jesus eats with us. Jesus is with us. Jesus has sought us and found us. Just whether we recognize that. And to be willing to see Jesus at our table. To see Jesus among us and Jesus with us. And if we're willing to let others be Jesus at our table with us. I think of our street ministry. That's a big part of our street ministry. It's not so much us going out to be Jesus in order to save these people, but it's us being willing to go out and let them be Jesus for us. To let others be Jesus for us. It's easy to see the states of other people being lost and of not living in a godly way. Not always so easy to see it in us. And that's just part of being human. Not worth beating yourself up over, but good to be aware of. And we are lost in the sense that we do live life imperfectly. None of us are perfect. 
None of us do everything right. We all make mistakes. That's the one thing we share as human people, as part of this great family of humanity. We all make mistakes. We all make errors. And we all, like the Hebrew people out in the desert, we all sort of make gods for ourselves as we go through life of many different kinds. We all do that. But the good news is that Jesus eats with us anyway. Or I like to think Jesus uh, eats with us because of that. That's precisely why Jesus eats with us. Because we make mistakes. That doesn't drive Jesus away. That drives Jesus ever closer to us. We want to be more and more with us. And Jesus joins us. And not for judgment. Not to condemn. Not to show wrath. But Jesus joins us because we are his people. He has found us because we've never been lost to him. We may lose ourselves. We may lose ourselves, but we are never lost to God. Amen. And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.